This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. Solomon Ali is head of the advisory firm Solomon R.C. Ali Corporation. He is also CEO of NDR Energy Group, and he joins us uh, on the phone from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Solomon, nice to have you here with Alex and myself. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. You know, I wanted to kind of lead in um, Bloomberg News. We've been doing a lot of reporting about diversity within the financial community on Wall Street. And uh, a recent story said that today, not a single chief executive officer of a major U.S. bank is black. Um, And I do want to get into, you know, wealth creation among the black community, because one of the things that certainly has been coming out certainly in the light of George Floyd in Minneapolis is again talking about the inequalities when it comes to blacks versus white in our our community and a lot of it has to do potentially with the financial community and access to wealth creation and access to banking so talk to me a little bit about that and what you're seeing well from my perspective I believe that access to capital for minorities or people that look like me is systemic. Um, It's been around for a very long time. And when you block us out or deny us access to capital, it just makes it a little bit more difficult when you look at from the other side, we are the largest consumers in the United States out of all the various um, nationalities. So we have a lot to contribute um, to business, and we do a lot of the work. But unfortunately, we're just not um, being given the opportunity to get capital. So one of the things that we try to do is demystify um, access to capital and what that actually means and what it looks like and how to actually get it for people of color. So what's the transmission mechanism that's broken that's preventing that from happening right now? Basically, the hole you're trying to fix. Well, the hole we're trying to fix is very simple. We have a lot of legislation that's been done um, many years ago before you and I, um, and we weren't included. People who look like me weren't included. And when they began to try to include us, they had people who were making policies that were, I will use the words, not sensitive to who we were and what our needs were because they didn't want us to live next door to them. They didn't want us to have access to capital because they felt like we would be competing for the same capital that they were trying to achieve. That's why you have approximately 13,000 publicly traded companies, and you have fewer than 15 black-owned managed um, publicly traded companies. And you would say, well, how could that even be in today's age, 2020? Well, so... Talk to us a little bit about that and what's happened and why it hasn't opened up more. Well, it hasn't opened up more because they don't want it to open up. Now, who they are is very simple. The establishment has set a set of rules together. It's not the bank's fault. It's not even current policymakers' fault. But at some point, these rules have to be revisited that they are actually inclusive um, so that we're included. Because if you want uh, minorities to have access to capital, um, you can get minorities to have access to capital by um, regulating. Um, Very simple. You know, you give us, we don't want a handout. We do want a hand up. 
So if you could just simply imagine um, helping someone up to create jobs, according to the U.S. government, most jobs are created by people who look like themselves. Mm -hmm. So if I'm an employer, I'm hiring someone that looks like me. And that's why unemployment amongst blacks are so, is so high, especially amongst black males. So I can totally see then uh, how you're connecting all the dots, right? Because if you don't have minority-owned, black-owned businesses, then you're not going to have the people who hire other people who look like them, which then creates more wealth in the community. Getting the government to do anything right now on this, except for rhetoric, I just I can't imagine that's going to happen. So you're actually putting your money where your mouth is, and you're actually trying to help support that. What kind of concrete steps have you been able to take to help give access to capital um, to black-owned businesses? Well, we put a group of um, various investors together, and we help to fund different deals and transactions. Recently, we helped to fund a lab out of Georgia, energy company, technology company. So we go through the whole gamut. We don't go looking to borrow money or anything of that nature. We use our own resources, and we rely on our own network um, to do this. And so what we look for is companies that have between 3 to $5 million that are very much overlooked and are poised to actually grow, but they lack the capital and sometimes even the strategicness to actually develop and grow the company and take it to the next level. So we come in and we provide the capital and some strategic planning to help them to grow and scale their business. Solomon, help me understand, though, how you get to that $3 million threshold? Like, what about the people under that? How do you help them? Well, basically what we do is we help provide to provide a strategic planning for their mergers, acquisitions, and just strategies on how to grow and scale their companies. And then we work with a group of investors um, that will loan them money and things of that nature I've been doing this for about 30-something years, um, being an entrepreneur and accessing finance. So, again, we just try to demystify what that actually looks like and bring companies in, minority companies, people that look like me, and just help them to by strategic planning and by getting them access to capital and arranging for funding so that they can grow. And normally what that will allow them to do, it helps to provide them with the working tools that they need for that strategic planning, for an exit strategy out. Because as we know before, the largest investment that most Americans had, especially African Americans, was their homes. And now that we have even less home ownership than we did previously, the largest investment that they have is their savings, and African-Americans are saving far less than their counterparts of whites and things of that nature. So we have less disposable income. We have less income. And so trying to teach them one business at a time how to make the shift and redirect some of their resources into their business so that they can also hire people that look like them and help to grow the economy. You know, you asked earlier, about the black CEOs, uh, bankers, and things of that nature. Well, we, we need to create 
more black-owned businesses so that the black banks can have more deposits. Because typically, um, they don't see a lot of deposits, and they're so heavily regulated. And we have some challenges um, in meeting some of the different regulatory requirements because of the lack of capital, because we're always struggling financially. So I hear what you're saying, but I do wonder, and going back to don't you need all of the major big banks on board to also be supportive to really kind of open up, um, you know, the access to capital for, for black Americans? Well, I, I would like to um, say, yes, you do. But really what you need is the federal government to sit back and say, okay, we realize that it has been an unfair and an unjust playing field. So now we're going to bring in some regulations requiring the banks to make various loans um, and things of that nature. You know, back in the day, we used to have a program called SCORE where you had a lot of former um, CEOs of companies that would actually help you and work through the Chamber of Commerce and things of that nature, your local Rotary Club, that would help you on your business plan and your business strategies and things of that nature. See, you you got to recall, blacks don't have access to a lot of other successful black people that's in business. Um, constantly, we're looking at the athletes. We're looking at um, movie stars, things of that nature. But we're not looking at a lot of black men and women who are successful in business that have been doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's what we have to show them right. is that it can be done. Let that be the dream. I remember when I started out years ago, I was always told, oh, you want to be the CEO or the one writing the check? I don't say that anymore. I don't want to be the one writing the check. Because the one writes the check is a target, especially if you're a black CEO. Okay? You are a target for a regulatory. And, you know, Look, I was on the board of three publicly traded companies as an officer, as a director, and required to raise money. Of the three companies, we cornered the market in two. We created the fifth largest minority energy company in the United States. We took our IP intellectual property, and we cornered the market and smart home technology with the security systems and everything of that nature. So it can be done. But work is required. And the only way you get a chance and opportunity to do the work is unless you have the access to the capital. And it is a problem that can be fixed. It's not something that won't work. I think Senator uh, Cory Booker said it uh, very simply. If you were to give us approximately $15 billion to actually fund African-American companies, then what will happen is we will be able to contribute approximately $1.5 trillion to the local economy. Mm-hmm. That is huge. Right, right. Especially, especially when you think that we are the largest consumers. We make up roughly as part of the GDP. We make up roughly 3.5% to um, 7% of the GDP. That's huge. And that's as a consumer. So we just need to shift our thinking. Right. 
Right. No, it's um, an interesting perspective. And I think an important one, certainly, you know, with the background and backdrop of the last few months and trying to understand uh, the inequalities that continue and are pervasive in our society. Solomon, thank you so much. Solomon Ali, Chief Executive Officer of NDR Energy Group. He is also head of the advisory firm Solomon R.C. Ali Corporation, joining us on the phone from North Carolina.